Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hey guys, um, I'm here with, I want to say a friend, but I would say a father and somebody that's really made an impact on my life. Um, and, talking about me? Oh no, I was waiting for somebody else to come. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so there's lots of stories I feel like I could share just because your messages have just honestly shaped a lot of the way that I view the word and the spirit. Mm. And so this is Chad Norris. Um, he is the pastor. I never call you pastor because you're coach. So this is yeah. Coach. I don't let anybody call me Pastor. <laughs> I know, which I love. I think it's because I, I told God there's three things I never do. <laughs> I would never homeschool my kids. I would never move back to my hometown. And I'd never pastor a church. <laughs> so one of the ways I can get God back is just say, well, just call me Coach instead of Pastor. Right. But I think that's great. And he also has like a podcast, a YouTube channel called Coach and Joe, which I watch on the regular. And so, um, yeah, so I wanted to just bring Chad on because I think, first of all, he carries something that our generation needs to hear. Um, and I feel like our generation, I think you said it this way, um, they're a hand-me-down. Is that what it, I'm trying to remember, like a trust fund kids? And, oh, it like rakes me every time because I'm just like, oh, it's so true. And you see it the more you travel and the more you get to know people is just this mindset that says... I just want it to be handed to me. Yeah, if you're not careful, you'll expect in your 20s what your parents got in their 60s. And it's a spirit of entitlement that, you know, a lot of people, they think that I'm mean when I start talking about challenging stuff. The truth is God's paradox and he's invitation and challenge. And I just noticed in your generation, a lot of times what's seen, mm-hmm. uh, it's called like legalism or it's too harsh. It's actually just straight old fashioned challenge. Right. You even mentioned in there and we talked. Mm-hmm. You said it, it's tough on your flesh, you said. Yeah, it's offensive to your flesh. Like it, yeah. I, I've decided, this is how I describe you and a couple of other people that I feel like are just speaking this, I don't even know what to call it. It's just spirit and truth is all it is. Yeah. But we want to make it something bigger, but that's really all you carry. Yeah. But I always tell people, I'm like, it's a, if there's any ounce of flesh in you yeah. that's still alive or an ounce of, like, the spirit of religion, like, yeah. it will slay that thing. Do you know, I believe if Paul could manifest in Pastor Bridgeway, there'd be less than 20 people at it. I really do believe that. If you read his letters, it's kind of tough. Uh, I think as long as you do it through a lens of compassion and gentleness and right. empathy, what's happening, what you're picking up on, the Father is actually redirecting the hyper-grace stream mm-hmm. into truth. The fear of the Lord's returning to the church. And a lot of this hyper-grace stuff, it's not even Christianity. It's, it's, uh, it's, the gospel has become, in many ways, a form of therapy. That The gospel cost me everything. everything. And to the flesh, that feels offensive. <laughs> so I, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but a lot That's of what okay. you're picking up on when you travel right. and stuff is that hyper-grace stream is being eradicated by right. the Father right now. Right. And grace and truth. You're seeing a movement of word and spirit collide. Mm-hmm. You know, evidence of this is the Holy Spirit is going into cessationist churches. And erupting. Yeah, and I don't want to name names, but there's been some cessationist churches in the past, that even recently, 
are seeing things that they've never seen. You know, you know what God's doing. He he is saying to that hyper grace stream, like um, it is a balance between word and spirit, and He's putting His presence <laughs> in the dry clay places, and we're seeing like literal healings, right. signs, wonders manifest. I love it. I, I, it's so odd. I love it because it's really at the end of the day, like He. I don't know. He's just so big. And I think you say that often. You're like, he's a very big God that chose to come small in a, in a woman's womb mm -hmm. and come as a human. Tiny enough and, to get into a teenager's belly. Big enough to create you. Every cell in your body, he knows so how many wild. hairs are on your head. And I lose lots of hairs. And he's just like, it's okay. See, so you, know, you know what happens though, if we're not careful? Most humans are drawn towards ditches. And we tend to think all the time, either or, either or. So he's got to be huge. So you see in the reform movement, uh, a lot of Calvinistic yeah. preachers talking about how huge God is. Yes. Well, of course he is. Well, the other side is he's small enough to get into Mary's belly, be intimate with me, where I can actually step into hearing his voice, walking in literal power, literally seeing blind eyes right. open. So which is it? Is he big or is he small? It's both and. Yes. I've noticed, though, all over the world, people mm -hmm. really struggle with both and. They it's, don't like it. No. And I don't know if it, do you think it's because we like literally, like we want to attach to one thing and be like, that. okay, we figured it out. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm also this. And I, you're like, ah! I, I've heard someone recently say that men struggle with a couple of things in their lives and women struggle with a couple, that being a control with women. It's not women, it's men and women. We want a God we can control, a theology mm -hmm. we can control. Yeah. We, we, want, we want to make God in our own image. And paradox is a lot like a diamond. If you take a diamond and you turn it, there's there's many angles to it. Paradox keeps me out of getting stuck on one mindset right. in a ditch. Wigglesworth prophesied in the late 40s, I believe, he said the greatest move of God that will ever hit the earth is when word and spirit come together. You know another way to say that? God's biggest move will be through paradox. Right. And I love that. Like, is it? One, I think it's one. Is it one of y'all's core values as a church? Mm -hmm. Word is paradox. First one. Word and spirit. Well, all five core and values are paradoxical. They're all paradoxical. And word and spirit is the first one. I, temple, I love, temple, yeah. home, individual, indivisible, relationship, and responsibility. Yeah, it's so. I love it. It's so, I think it's because we are. We're all wanting to go. Okay, this is it. Which is just control. It's a control issue. Uh -huh. And then he's like, and actually, I'm also this. And he's constantly like, and this, and this. I'm your best friend. I'm your father. I'm this. Mm -hmm. And I can be all of them. He says to Simon Peter, who do you say that I am? Simon says, you're the Messiah. Do you remember what the Lord said to him after he said that? Who showed this to you? He said, you only know this. You only know that because my father. Yeah. But then what's, so that's very invitational, very welcoming. He goes, he's proud of Simon. He's very connecting. Right. In the next sentence, get behind me, Satan. He's talking to Simon. <laughs> so he's full of, he's full of invitation, and then, and then he'll challenge you. The Father is a chocolate-covered razor blade, and see, the hyper grace stream says there is no razor blade. Let me tell you something. You got blind spots, girl, and so do I. Yeah. And you're not wired to know what they are. You need community. You okay. need the Father. Most of us take shame coverings to the Father. We got so many fig leaves on. We look, yep. we look ridiculous. Yeah. And see, some of that razor is the Father saying, "Listen, I only discipline those I love." I love. So I'm gonna speak into some things right now that are hard for you to hear. But that hyper grace stream says, "Well, God would never do something like that." Mm -hmm. We have created a God in our own image. It's not even real. 
No, it's self-absorption. It's yeah. Woo, yeah. Have you ever seen anyone grow outside of challenge? No, it takes tension to grow. I've ne- I've never. I don't know of anyone that grows <laughs> without challenge. Nope. I I, uh, I want to write a book one day called uh, Excuse Me, Father. Is that your knife in my back? <laughs> and I want it to be about how God uses community to bring conflict in your life to transform you. Yeah. Jack Deere <laughs> said to me one time, he said, I got a warning for you. And I was like, do tell. Jack was a pioneer in the early uh-huh. days in Kansas City, wrote two groundbreaking books. He's a father of faith to a lot. He's a pioneer. You may be he too is. young to know who Jack No, is. I actually know Jack. He, Jack said I've read to me, his books. he said, whatever you do, don't travel for a living only. And I said, why? He said, if you don't have a local body to plug into, you won't have conflict in your life. And if you don't have conflict, you won't be transformed. Ooh. See what a lot of people do? A lot of people bail on churches that bring right. conflict in their lives thinking it's not God, and they put a judgment on that. It's actually a seed of hyper grace that thinks that, well, God's always, he's always just going to hug you. No, sometimes he's going to challenge you, yeah. and he's going to use community to do it. We need this tension to grow. Yeah. Jesus exists to bring tension into your life. Yeah. He, he tells the disciples, hey, come come here. Gather up in twos. I want you to go into towns. And by the way, don't take, take anything, anything with you. That is not an easy thing. No, it's not. I, I used to think that the purpose of the gospel was to eradicate tension in my life. The call of my life is to die. Yep. That is tension. That's Luke 9.23. <laughs> Sorry, you're getting me started. No, I love it. I absolutely love it because I think it's the thing that I live for. Like I would love to leverage my life. To see a generation understand that when you say Jesus is mean, like you're actually running away from everything that he made like available to mm-hmm. you. Because it's only found on the other side of that tension. Mm-hmm. That's where he's failed. Mm-hmm. You can't find a story, a narrative in the Bible of someone going to a higher realm of glory without going through yeah. suffering. On, on the mm-hmm. other side of suffering is glory. But, but if you're not careful, you'll think, well, no, Jesus died and his blood means I don't have to go through the stuff. It's actually an invitation that you actually get to go through the stuff. Right. I got a verse for us. I'm gonna look this up. I think it's Revelation twenty one twenty one. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about the passage in Revelation? I've been thinking on this recently. We talked about the pearly gates. Mm-hmm. When I look at Revelation twenty one twenty one, the idea of pearly gates, I'm just asking the question, is it possible that that's there as a reminder of what was happening to us while we're here. A pearl is formed through pressure, grit, and tension. Why would it be any different for you right. and I? I don't, <laughs> it's not. I think, I think, could it be that we have so numbed down the truth with cheap grace? And I don't say that in a mean way, but I think we have proposed graces cheaply instead of costly like it cost the father so much mm-hmm. to send Jesus his mm-hmm. only begotten son so why wouldn't it cost us something Jesus as well Jesus preached a message that in John 6 many disciples deserted him not 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 people yep disciples. disciples they said this teaching has become too hard the Lord was so secure in his own identity and the father you know what he said Hey, Simon, he picks his number one disciple. You going to leave me too? Yep. So, I get a kick out of people who celebrate that they're the fastest growing church 
in America or whatever. I think if Jesus Christ pastor our churches, it would decline in numbers. Yep. I really do. I think that the I Father agree. is bringing back the Bonhoeffers. Cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. I'm reading that right now. Of course you are. It's so good. And it's so slaying in a good way to be like, that is... I agree. I think that's coming back. And it's so it's that cheaply costly grace and what is a disciple how would you define a disciple it is someone that has laid their life down to come into covenant with jesus christ and be the weaker party in the covenant where you have no more rights you go where he says when he says how he says and your life is completely sold out to following him as a person not an ideology or not a theology so really like to me the rich young ruler is an interesting story because if he would have given up what he could control he would have gotten something in return the message of the gospel is for me to lay my life down. Yep. To die. Mm-hmm. To die. Resurrection power can only hit someone who's dead. Dead. Yeah. Wait, there's a friend of mine in my house the other night, and he was just talking about the process of his own Luke 9.23 death right now, and he said, I'm just being too loud as I'm dying. And I thought, yeah, you are. <laughs> Graham Cook one time, his mentor said, um, you're squealing like a pig when you die. Stop squealing. Yeah. Oh. What's the purpose of death, though? Life, resurrection. resurrection. So it's... Paul boasts in his weakness, but then he goes to Malta and heals everyone on the island. So the byproduct of death is what? Fruit. Power. Power. Fruit. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like we all cry out for more, right? I think the concept of more is is huge, but the way that you get there is not being... It's like the way there, the way to more... Power, intimacy, love, more, more of your identity is through dying. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the opposite road than what we want it to be. And Father, show me a picture of you right now that you're actually in a huge season for that because there's great, great transition coming for you. I even saw you moving, and the Father's, you're in a season of death. It's not quick. It's because He's preparing you uh, for something that He's wanting resurrection power to hit. You also have a very strong discernment uh, prophet gift. He's really uh, elevate. He's really elevating you. And you know what? Like instead of instead of like looking at the process of death as a bad thing, this Philippians two thing. If I if I'm being emptied of me, mm-hmm. it's because he it's, wants yep. to be yep. the point of my narrative. Right. No. You say death, it seems kind of like, Ugh. but then you realize, man, I'm, it's, I'm happy, I'm free. I'm... Right. Well, that's the thing is like when we say death, it is this, this lame, I guess, of yourself, but it's unto him. It's like, of course I want to die. Of course I'm going to throw myself on the altar. And honestly, you're right. I've told everybody in my life probably in the last three months that I've been on the chopping block. Yeah. Like he is just like going after thing, after thing, after thing. And I've invited it. I think there's moments where he does it, but then I was like, God, Psalms 24 says those with clean hands and a pure heart, they're the ones that ascend. And so I want to ascend, so therefore cleanse me. Die. Like, like, cut, cut the vine. Cut the vine. John 15, 1 through 5, yep. this idea of catharsis. If I'm desiring to die for the point of enjoying pain that's just silly that, that, that's, that's morbid yeah that's that is more a lot of there's a lot of religion there's a lot of sects of religion that go that they way go that this way. the point of this is life yeah what's the first thing the father loving heavenly father what's the first thing he does with his son before he begins his ministry 
The first thing he does. The first thing he sends his son to do before his ministry begins. He gets the privilege of what? Oh, and you do which word? Before he does anything. Oh, before he does anything. Forty days. In the wilderness. With what happening? The Spirit led him into the wilderness, and he wrestled, and he died. <laughs> that is the greatest invitation. So look what happens. The audible voice from heaven. This is my beloved boy, whom I'm well pleased. You get the privilege of wilderness. <laughs> there is no palace in our narrative without a wilderness. Right. I watched a show with Oprah on like 15 families that won the lottery. It ruined all of their lives. Oh, man. We got a bunch of spiritual trust fund babies in this generation that need to be willing to pay the price like like the, the saints that they've learned from went through. Like a lot of times we see these fathers and mothers in the faith and it's like, I want what they carry. No, you don't. <laughs> Everybody wants to you be done. the way. benefits of what they carry. Yeah. Noah yeah. had to build a boat. Paul had Free. to die. Chopping yeah. blocks are a good thing. Yeah. It's a painful thing, but I th it is. I've learned in my 15 years of walking with him that it's the thing that brings the nearness. Everything that I'm looking for comes with death and surrender. Like everything, the power, the intimacy, even the identity of knowing who I am in him comes with the ultimately dying and shedding off what I've thought it's always been. And I think that, but that's that's the thing, it's like everybody wants the benefit. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants the fruit, but not everybody wants to be pruned. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's the greatest invitation of all. It's the gospel. You know what helps that mindset? If he truly is your prize, and he may not be the prize for most, I don't know. But if he if he yeah. is your prize, if the if the palace is your prize, the the assignment, the the promise, it's never fulfilling. If he's right. your prize, then wherever you are on the mountain, whether you're in a season of hiddenness or a season of ruling and reigning, as long as he's with you, as long as you're connected to right. Emmanuel, it's gonna, it's okay. Yep. It's okay. Yeah, I love the illustration you've used in one of your sermons about turbulence. Mm -hmm. that I think you were on an airplane maybe mm -hmm. or something and Father loves turbulence yeah and I love the way that you put it because it is true like there's the turbulence that they warn you ahead like mm -hmm. hey we're going to hit some unexpected yeah. turbulence coming yeah. in five, five minutes and then there's a turbulence where they don't even see it coming about a year and a half ago the father told me what I was going to go through I wrote it down told elders what was coming it happened and I still <laughs> had a hard time navigating it yeah Oh, but he's in it. That's the thing. It's like yes. he's in it. He's he in it. Hey, people, he well, cuts covenant with Abram. What's he telling him to do? Kill your son. Kill your son. I've never seen God be really close to someone that he doesn't test. Right. See, this hyper grace movement says there is no testing. Jesus was tested so that you don't have so to be. So you don't have to. What be. are we doing? Oh. What are we doing? We got to stop. Yeah. Knock it off. Totally. What would you say? from somebody, whether they have been in hyper grace, but what would you say is the thing, like if you could, I guess essentially like if you had one moment with our generation currently, what would be your invitation of what would you take that moment to say this? Until the supreme purpose of your life is intimacy with the Father, you will never find contentment. He prophesied it way before the cross, Jeremiah 9. Let anyone that uh -huh. boasts, boast about this, that you're intimately connected to me. Yep. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people die from lack of knowledge. 
root word of knowledge there is yadas, the idea of intimacy. Paul says at the end of his life, in a jail cell, I want to gnosko Jesus. I want to know Christ. Mm. I am not down here to do anything for him. I'm not. You, you know, it's What's crazy? It's actually <laughs> that'll mess people up. It's just disgusting, though, honestly, because a lot of ministry has just become yep. prostituted relationship with God, where I want to connect with Him, something I can do. You know how you know you're growing with the Father? You desire smaller moments with Him than the bigger moments. The bigger moments. Smaller moments of connection and community. The solitude walks. The moments not on camera mm-hmm. that I heard you say something in in there. When you talked about how God had used me in your life, and, and I, I just heard him say something to me about the sharpness of, of the gospel and the words. It's these moments that have nothing to do with stages or even influence. Yeah. I think Jesus, what drove him his whole life was intimacy with the Father. It still does. Seriously. And the Father knows who's pure with this. Like when you're full of gratitude, God will take care of everything for you. You don't even have to ask him for it. But when you're, but but if I'm thanking him because I want something from him, or a lot of people over the years have wanted to spend time with me as God's been elevating me in leadership, it's not pure. And I, the Father showed it to me. They they they're working an angle or whatever to mm-hmm. get their own gain. I just think I would just say, is he the prize? Right. We have 20 students at our ascent school this year, spending a year with us to get the DNA with Bridgeway down into them. No, that's that's what the DNA is. Intimacy with the Father. Yeah. I love, I read your book, Mama Jane's Secrets. I actually started a book club online, and there is somebody that moved That's their cool. whole life here because of my online book club. Uh, to, on to Bridgeway? Yeah, they moved from Birmingham. Oh, Ashlyn? Yes, Ashlyn. She moved from Birmingham Yep, I pulled her here. in front of the class yesterday. I pulled her in the front of the class because it was giving some words of knowledge over her. And, and I said, how did you get here? And she said, your book. And so I remember when I was here for Iris Nights, and she had Shay Arthur, and I was like, who? Like, Father? Like, you're calling me out in a female voice. I had no idea who she was. And she's like, I follow you on social media, and you did a book club on Chad's book. And I was like, yeah. I had about 300 people on my book club. And she goes, I moved my life here from Birmingham, she Alabama, did. because of your book club. It was your book. What an awesome God story. Isn't that just the... I think that is just so wild and amazing. Because your book... I was in a season when your book came out of just friendship with God. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to your uh, your series on Ascend the Mountain. Mm-hmm. And it just was like, this is where I'm at. Like mm-hmm. This is, just was such a fresh manna of mm-hmm. sorts in my own life. And your book came out. I was like, I'm totally reading this book. Psalm 24. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Those are the clean hands and impure heart. Hey, look out, girl. Yeah. And so I read it, and then I was like, I want to take people on a book club and, and like, just see. Like, and I've had so many people, their lives have just been flipped upside down by that book and just the concept of friendship with God. And you're like, it really is just friendship. When uh, I, I flew to Boston to do the recording of Mama Jane's Secret in the studio, and when I read the last chapter out loud in the studio, have you heard the story? Uh-uh. There's two people in the studio, and the presence of God came so thick. It was the it was the one where I gave the word of what He told me during the movie Everest about Sarah. Yes. The glory manifested in the room, and the two guys got laid out. That, because 
I couldn't feel it where I, and I was in this tiny little room recording, right, recording. And I walked down, I was like, oh my goodness. It's because it's the Father's heart. Right. That when daughter Billy Graham went to heaven, I had an encounter with the Father on my couch. And I was frozen on my couch. And he said, this next move is about my friends. I saw when Dr. Graham went to heaven, there was a shift of an assignment on the earth. It's about friendship. Yeah. He wants his friends back. Right. He's a father. Oh, He's I a father. It. It, I love it. I absolutely love he, it. He's not an employer. He's mm-hmm. a father. He's not. A lot of his kids, they want to just do great things for him. He wants to be with you, with us. Right. And I love what you said that it's not he didn't bring us down here for what we can do for him. Like he no. just wants friendship. He just wants kids. He always has. And it's like that is literally I think it messes with people if you have works mentality mm-hmm. or you have like I'm gonna earn his love, mm-hmm. I'm gonna earn this friendship, mm-hmm. that will ruffle your feathers. Chesterton said, Every man that knocks on the door of a brothel is searching for the father. Uh, who was it? Augustine says we have a vacuum sized hole in our hearts. Um, I remember giving someone a, a word of knowledge about a horrific mistake that this person made. And I saw a picture, and no one knew. God showed it to me. I saw a picture of the Lord sitting with this person and was with this person in the middle of the mistake. And I, I got, God gave me a location. He gave me details. Uh-huh. And the person just really began to weep. And that person realized in one moment, He's with he's with us in our mistakes. He's not scared of our shame coverings. Right. All he wants is connection. He is he's designed for connection. This is why social media has exploded. Social media at its core is a, is a platform to connect. That's all it is. That's what we want. We're starting to connect with the Father. We, right. we want to connect with each other and the Father. That's why I'm I, I'm here to help people walk in friendship with God. That's it. Our one word is friendship. Yeah, and I love that. And I yeah, it's been. I think it's a core message for. It's timely for where we are in the body. It's timely. It's just time. He wants his friends back. Yeah, he love does. It. Yep. This is where the prophetic comes into. I want to be friends with someone. I don't want to just read a book and believe by faith these are words to me. I also want to operate in a First Corinthians fourteen one really high level. I told Sean Bowles a couple years ago, we recorded with Darren down in Orlando, and I said, Sean, you remind me in the spirit of Roger Bannister. Roger's the person that broke the four-minute mile. Well, after Roger broke the four-minute mile, within a matter of weeks, other people started doing it. And you, God has used Sean to blow the lid away. off of so many other people. They're like, hey, Sean can hear God like that. He's my dad, too. Why can't I? Right. Around here, people get shocked of how easily it is to walk in the prophetic. This is what really Bridgeway's house is known for is helping people really not. If you go be friends with God, don't you want to hear him? Yeah. And we train people on how to hear his voice, and it's, and it's happening. It happens at a very high right. level. I love it. I love so it. So if I'm going to have friendship, I want to hear him. Yeah. And, you may, and it is. It's available to all of us. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea how to end this, but I do have one question for you because I usually ask everybody this question. Mm-hmm. If you could have in this season of life, because I'm sure it could be an assortment mm-hmm. of people, but in this season of your life, your current season, if you could have any three people at the same table, who would you want there? Uh, dead or alive? Up to you, both. If I could have a meal with any three people, who would it be? Yep. My, my grandmother, Jane, Jesus. It can only be one more. I mean, I'm going to put myself at the table just because I can. But You're there. <laughs> I, I would pick Wendelina, Jane, and Jesus. 
And who is that? My, my wife, Wendy. Oh, gotcha, yes. Wendy. Yes. Okay. And Jane. And uh, Jesus. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes, and I would want to pick the food because the Lord would probably pick something healthier for my temple than I would. <laughs> and I, so I'd want to be in charge of that. <laughs> You're like, and I get to plan this. Yes. And it's going to involve bread. I had a dream not too long ago that Cheeseburger was chasing me, trying to kill, <laughs> trying to kill me. Cheeseburger was chasing me. I was yeah, because like, no more fat pastor. No more fat pastor. Check it out on Instagram. Move around a little yeah. bit. Eat a little less food. Yeah. I'm in a battle with a Puerto Rican filmmaker named Armando Ramos. We have to weigh in in front of the church on Christmas. What? I didn't realize this was happening. Yeah, and uh, we're kind of in a stall phase right now. When football season's here, it's just it just makes you want to eat carbohydrates. Yeah. Chips. Um, gee, somebody asked me the other day, so what do you think about keto? I said, I think it's demonic. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, Jesus is the bread of life. He's not the beef jerky of life. He's the bread of life. Oh, Lord. So I would eat with Jesus, awesome. my grandmother, and my wife. I love that. I love that. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. That was fun. <laughs>